Welcome to episode 6 of season 2 of First Sight. Just wanted to thank you guys first for sticking around this month with me. I know the release dates have been kind of funky, but we're getting through. Anyways, this episode I talked to my cousin or first cousin once removed if we're getting technical about it. This is one of those episodes I rush to get done because of a deadline and then realize as I'm listening that their story has a lot of great advice. It makes me very thankful that I get to make this podcast. You're listening to First Sight. We've been in a relationship for almost three years now. We met at a summer camp. We met at a mutual friend's house. And then from there, it was like a friendship that kind of turned into like, whoa, I like you a little bit. Oh, my first impression was that he was super cute. Literally, like the first time that we chatted, she talked to me like we had like known each other since like kindergarten or something. So I saw him and I was like, wow, somebody must have brought this kid because he needs to know Jesus. I'm not embarrassed around her. I feel like he's one of the only people that I can be myself around. I love how he cares about people. I love how she cares to make me lunch. Well, she harasses me from time to time. She's like, do you even love me? He smiles and his eyes crinkle up with the side. It's like the cutest thing ever. I'd say genuine kindness and thoughtfulness, even though he doesn't show up very often. Uh, let's see. The first time we met was actually when I was, I think, like a week old. Um, our families both lived on a commune out in, uh, out in the boonies in Southern Oregon. And so when my mom brought me home from the hospital, uh, Pete's family lived on the same property. So we met like the first week that I was born. We actually have a photo of him giving me a kiss on the cheek when my mom brought me home from the hospital. But, um, he paid zero attention to me for the next 16 years. So, <laughs> that's kind of how that one went. Do you have the same story? Yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and then she grew up. No. Yeah. Um, so, I moved away to a town probably, you know, 50, 60 miles away and uh, went to another school. And so, we didn't really know... I mean, kind of lost touch a little bit as far as like being on the, you know, day-to-day communications of any kind. Um, so I think by the time, I think I was pretty much graduating or I was a senior. Yeah. And I, they came up for the uh, SAT test. Yeah. My best friend is his cousin. And so we both went up to the same town that he lived in and were taking the SAT test we were all taking the SAT test the same day and saw each other. Yeah, so kind of started hanging out a little bit then, and then, yeah, from, and then from there, yeah, basically, we, it probably escalated a little bit to a little more serious. I don't know how long ago or how long from then it was, but mm, I don't know. I think it was all a few months. I think we took the SAT test. And then within the next month, he came down to watch his cousin, uh, my best friend, play basketball. And I was a cheerleader at that time. And so um, I was there at the game, and uh, he asked if I wanted to go up in the woods because it had snowed outside. It was winter, and so it was snowing. And so he asked, and a whole group of us went up to the woods in the 4x4s playing in the snow. So... And then he asked me out on an actual date later that night yeah. after we went up in the snow. 
I think we went down to Grant's Pass first, ate dinner, and then went and watched a movie in Medford. So, yeah. For me, it was, I mean, I kind of, because I knew her, you know, from the past and the background, I know our beliefs were pretty similar, um, at least as, in the way we were raised. And so for me, it was one of those ones where you, like know that it's more serious before you even get started, I guess. Like, you know, you're kind of making a commitment that is, this is a real possibility or a real thing. Um, I mean, that, that was kind of my feeling of it going into it. I think for me, um, I'd had a crush on him since I was like in junior high. Um, that was before he he stayed we went to the same school until junior high and then he moved away and so i remember being in grade school and we were talking on the playground and he was one of the older kids like had no time for me you know but he came up to me on the playground one time and said hey if anybody's giving you any trouble you let me know and i'll take care of it and i was like oh, my hero um and then um but i think he just thought of me like you know, sister's friend, little girl, um, pretty much until, um, until I was 17, actually 17. Uh, we were both seniors in high school. And then, um, what I really liked about him was that he, um, he spoke boldly about what he believed and he didn't try to like, see what I thought about it and then change his answer depending on what my facial expressions were. He just um, said what he thought about something and it was like, he wasn't hedging. He wasn't like trying to hide anything. He was just um, upfront and bold with what he believed and I really liked that. And um, I know one of the other big ones, just because it was such a contrast to uh, some of the other guys that I knew the same age, you know, um, some of the guys that I'd gone to school with had been like, oh, you know, I would never do a physical labor job. I'd never, you know, all of this stuff of what they would never do. And for me, growing up in a family of like, um, you know, my dad had a tree service, self-employed, always like working with his hands. And the idea that he, that he and my mom had raised me with was, you do whatever it takes for your family. It doesn't matter, like, there's no job that's beneath you when it comes to taking care of your family and doing what needs done. And so when I met Peter and then started getting to know him, not as kids, but as almost adults at that time, I recognized that he was a guy who would do whatever it took for his family. And like, you know, if anybody called him and needed help, it, it didn't matter if he had plans already, he'd drop what he was doing and go help. And um, I think it was really a difference between like, um, he was not that much older than me, but he was what I really related to as being like a really good man, you know, not like a high school boy, he was a good man already. And so that was a big, uh, difference that I saw that I was like, Ooh, he's still my hero. <laughs> you know, time wise better than I do. So. Uh, we'd been dating, um, for eight months before we got engaged. And then, uh, oh, okay. So I ended up, so yeah, we, I, 
if it was eight months, I can't mm -hmm. remember timing. I ended up at that point, um, I kind of got shortchanged on my senior year of football because I ended up taking a year off in the middle because I had injury. And so for me, I didn't, I didn't get to play my senior year. So I still kind of had that in me. I wanted to go play football. So I went down to a junior college in California and that's when we were, we were still dating at that point. So I went down there, played the summer, um, and then basically school started. I ended up kind of re-injuring my shoulder again. And so it was gonna be a few months, probably a month before I'd even be able to hit. And so anyways, just kind of a good realization of where I was at, what I needed to be doing. And then, just being down there, like I realized, I realized that I, you know, what I had, the relationship I had with Laura meant a lot more than, than what I was kind of doing. So I ended up basically packing it up and, um, just knowing that it was going to be such a long time to play after that. I mean, I was obviously doing well enough to play for him but being injured it was you know you're moving back down and in the depth chart and stuff so anyways i just felt like it was it was a real thing like a realization that i needed to where i needed to go and so anyways i ended up coming back home and i think i pretty well like within the first week or something or mm -hmm. when i got back asked her to marry me so it's like I think I, cause I ended up buying the ring and all that stuff down there in California, and yeah, pretty much had my mind set up at that point right there that felt like that's what I was being led to do. So, yep, yeah, he was. Um, he asked me. He was asking me all these, you know, questions like, "What kind of ring do you like?" Before he came home, what do you think about like people who let their like have a have the girl pick out the ring herself and I was like oh no I would rather just be surprised by what the guy wanted you know and then um uh when he came up I think it was the day he came back from Southern California um at my house he he went down to my dad's shop with him and they were down there for like an hour and I was like this is all a little suspicious but I didn't want to get my hopes up too much but um yeah, he had asked my dad um, for permission to ask me to marry him. And then uh, I think it was a few days later or later that day. I'm not sure which. Mm -hmm. It was that week, though. I'm not very patient, so it probably was pretty <laughs> quick. <laughs> he makes a plan and goes after it. Yeah. When we were um, early on married, there was a few things that looking back now, we've been married almost 20 years now. Um, and... Uh, Looking back, two things I think that were true from, from an early point in our marriage. One thing was divorce was never on the table. That was never like, it would, we would never, that wouldn't be brought up in arguments. Like that wasn't an option. So that was just off the table. So if, if that's in your mind, then I think you do everything you can to make the marriage good because you know you're going to be in that marriage for the rest of your life, for the rest of your partner's life, whatever, you know. Um, so if that's your mindset, then you do everything you can to make it good. Um, 
And then I think another one, I know for my mindset, um, I just remember um, I loved Pete so much that I remember thinking, you know, when we get to the end of our lives and, you know, however that looks, if you're standing before God on the final day or whatever, you know, and um, I want Peter to look back and think, oh, thank God I was married to you. You know, you made my life so much better. Um, I would never want to get to that point and have your spouse regret that they had been stuck with you. <laughs> you know, I'd rather get to that point and have them be like, oh, thank God I was married to you. You made life better. And so that was, that's just been real to me. I don't think I've done that perfectly or anything, but coming at marriage from that angle of that you're going to be in it together for the long haul. And so you want to do everything you can to make life good for each other, to make it fun, to be happy together and working together in whatever you're doing. And uh, I think for both of us, that's come down to if you don't have Christ first, then you end up with yourself first. And if you're first, you're going to be miserable and you're going to make your spouse miserable too, you know. Um, But if you go into life with a mindset of God is first and how God says to love is loving each other as best as you can, you know, um, not only are you happier, but everybody's around, everybody around you is happier too. Yeah. For me, I think it is. It's all, or, you know, I think when we first got married, I don't think we had a real full understanding of what, even what a biblical marriage was in the sense. Like, I mean, we only knew what we knew at that time. Um, but as we grew together, um, and then, you know, and we're seeking it, I think that part of, we've, you know, been working on that balance of, of having that, being able to obviously put the Lord first in our marriage. And then, you know, next of that, basically serving each other um, and not serving ourselves in that and yeah i mean i i talked to a bunch of my you know friends and stuff and it's like try to explain it to them and either they get it you know for what they understand or it just kind of blows right over their head and it's like man you guys are missing missing out for what i mean the way god intended marriage to be you know we saw a speaker uh last year Um, a husband and wife, they wrote a book and they did a uh, big conference on marriage. And one of the best things I think that they said that just really sticks with me is they talk about how um, God gave marriage as a gift back in the Garden of Eden to Adam and Eve, you know? And so even though the world has fallen, sin entered the world and everything's gotten messed up, he didn't take back that gift of marriage. and it really was a gift because man and woman are just so much better together, you know. And so um, they talked about the phrase they used was um, make your marriage or your marriage is a remnant of the Garden of Eden. You know, a remnant of what was once perfect and beautiful and lovely. And so now you have to fight for it to stay really beautiful and lovely and um even though we can't do anything perfect, I think thinking about that the two of us are um, 
are together no matter what and uh, fighting for each other, not with each other um, as much as we can, you know. Uh, it just makes marriage a gift and not a burden. I think um, we kind of touched on that with just like as we've as we've um, developed a better understanding for for how God created marriage and what our roles are in that, and um, even more than that, to be marriage specific, but also to be more. Um, focused on the Lord rather than ourselves, that kind of transforms all relationships, not just marriage, but marriage is the deepest and closest relationship that we have. So um, it definitely affects that one the most. And in that, I'm not saying that either one of us have done a perfect job at that. You know, we mess up, but that's the, that's the benefit of repentance and restoration with each other, you know. I think that's probably changed the most. If you go from a thing, a, uh, a mindset, I guess I'd say this. I went from a mindset early on in marriage of my husband is supposed to make me happy and make me feel good about myself and um, make me feel completed to now knowing um, I'm only complete with Jesus as my Savior, and with a relationship with the Lord. I have to go to the Lord to be okay. And then I have something to add and something good to speak into my husband's life. Like there's no amount of nice words that he could have said to me back in the early years of our marriage that would have made me feel like, oh, now I'm okay and I'm satisfied and I feel loved. Because if you don't have that, satisfaction from the Lord you can't get it from people so you're kind of just feeling like oh that person isn't it you know or they're not doing their job or um, I'm not enough or whatever it is that your mind will try to work that into and so now I think for me uh, there's just so much more rest I guess in the thing of I'm satisfied in God, and if I'm not okay in God, then it's not Peter's job to try to fix it. You know, he helps me and encourages me, but um, he doesn't complete me, you know. But we're both complete in the Lord, and then we have something to bring to each other and something to offer each other rather than just being always trying to take from each other um, into like a never-ending uh, hole, you know. So that's, I think, the biggest transformation for me um, over the last 20 years. Yeah, for me, it seemed like I feel like we were we were learning and growing and praying through stuff and maybe not. Um, I guess the Lord was kind of showing us what a marriage was before and then we started going to this to the church we go to now and it's like we kind of got um what you call it i don't know it was like or i mean you basically just it was a clear understanding that like hey we were on the right track or the lord was leading us and showing us and teaching us before and this just kind of confirmed it mm -hmm. you know um and backed it up with scripture yeah <laughs> for the stuff we were we were we were, you know, I guess learning. learning yeah. yeah. So 
um, that. And I think, I mean, a big one was, you know, what a true repentance looked like. That was kind of a big game changer, I feel like, in, in everything, really. I mean, marriage and in life in general, you know, fully understanding what that was. It's not an apology. It's, you know, you're actually owning what you did and owning your sin and wanting to correct it, which is a big difference than I'm sorry, but, or I'm sorry because, you know what I mean? This is what someone else did. You're putting it back on them. So I feel like that, that changed, I think from that point on, it made everything look a lot different too. Yeah, I think so. We've joked about it since then. We kind of feel like uh, since we started going to our church, um, it's basically like every Sunday is marriage counseling, (laughs) you know, just because you're learning like, uh, what, what Jesus did for you, how God is transforming your heart and, um, what that leads to, like, um, it leads to better relationships all the way around and especially marriage. We actually, where our house is standing now was where, when we were first married, um, this property was for sale. Um, a few years, a few years after we got married, this property came up for sale and uh, we would come up here on date nights, you know, away from the kids. We'd get takeout and just come up here and sit on this, like, empty field, you know, and dream about maybe someday. And then um, I think about uh, 13 years ago, we were able to buy the property. And then um, Peter is a builder, and so we took I think the next two years um and built our house and uh so I guess our house is our date night spot (laughs) from way back and we're so busy now with um teenage kids that when we can actually stay home together that's one of the best nights still you know just getting to sit still and um not be rushing out the door and uh to be able to just sit down and talk to each other about everything that's going on and uh, I think that's the best date nights also now that the kids have gotten older we've gotten back into riding motorcycles which I had gotten my motorcycle license when I was 16 and Peter's ridden dirt bikes since he was um, too small to even reach the ground when he was sitting on the bike and so uh, this last year we both um, got street bikes and Peter got a street bike license and uh so we've been doing some trips um, on the on the street bikes, and that's been pretty fun too. January fifteenth, two thousand. Two thousand. Right. Nice and easy to remember. Yeah. I just got to remember what year it is, and I can't be more than fifteen days off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 No, we've been pretty good. We've always we've always generally gone and done something pretty good for our anniversary. So. Yeah. We've kind of kept that day pretty special. Yeah. It is. We're we're really lucky in that um, both my parents and Peter's parents are um, close and want to be involved as much as they can be. And so, like, for kids and stuff, um, we've pretty much always had a babysitter if we needed a babysitter. And, you know, uh, we're able to get away here and there and... Um, focus in on each other and have fun together and 
so that's been a huge blessing for us as our parents. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for listening. Please rate and subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at first underscore S-I-T-E. A special thanks to all of the couples in the introduction and to Ella Morrison for the music.